everybody. Okay, so now we're going to be in Chapter 5, Organ Systems, and I'm going to start at the very beginning. We're also going to reflect on the fact that we start chemically, cellularly, tissues, organs, and then organ systems. So we're getting close to the end. Okay, so an organ is a structure made up of two or more kinds of tissue and is organized to perform a more complex function than just one type of tissue. And a system is a group of organs that together perform a more complex function than does one organ. Okay, so organ systems, um, we're going to start an integumentary system. This includes only one organ, the skin. And in most adults, it weighs about 20 pounds or more, or is it accounted for about 16% of total body weight, which is the heaviest organ. And connective tissue just beneath the skin are also considered to be part of the integumentary system. So the integument or skin, along with its underlying connective tissues, have as many millions of appendages or structures attached to a main part and glands. These structures include hair, nails, and sweat, and oil-producing glands. And the skin can also include microscopic sense receptors that make it the largest sensory organ of the body. It um, senses receptors, I'm sorry, the skin sense receptors permit the body to respond to pain, pressure, touch, texture, vibration, and changes in temperature. And it's crucial to survival. Its primary function is protection. So I'm going to go over. Okay, so in addition, the skin regulates body temperature by sweating and controlling blood flow and therefore heat loss at the body surface. It also synthesizes vitamin D and functions as a sophisticated sense organ for temperature, touch, pain, pressure, vibration, and more. So I'm going to go over to skeletal system on page 84. There are 206 individually named bones found in the skeletal system. It includes not only bones, but also it's related to tissues such as cartilage. And it's uh, cartilage cushions the bones that are linked together and can act as a connective tissue between one bone and another. Um, ligaments are bands of fibrous connective tissue that help hold bones together. And connections between two or more bones are called joints. So you're going to hear a lot of elderly people talk about the pain in their joints. The movable joints between bones make various movements of individual body parts possible. Without movable joints, our bodies would be rigid and immobile um, hulks, so we would not be able to move around like we do. Bones also serve as a storage area for important minerals such as calcium and phosphorus, and the formation of blood cells in the red marrow of certain bones is another crucial function of the skeletal system. All right, so moving on to muscular system. Um, you have skeletal muscles and then uh, muscles of other systems. So we just went over this in the last chapter. Muscular system. Muscles are made up of mostly skeletal muscle tissue, also called voluntary muscles. So skeletal is going to be muscle. This is what you can control. This is what you can move consciously. Although the movement of the body is the primary function of the muscular system, it also maintains the stability of our posture, our body position, and provides heat to maintain our body temperature. A tendon is a dense strap or sheet of regular dense fibrous connective tissue, and it's a part of a muscle organ that attaches to a bone, a muscle to a bone or another muscle. Uh, when stimulated by a nervous impulse, skeletal muscle tissue shorten or contract, and voluntary movement occurs when the skeletal muscle shorten. A function of the way muscles are attached to bones and the way bones articulate or join with another um, joint. Sometimes it's useful to think of this cooperative functioning of the bones and muscles as a skeletal muscular system. So we're going to put skeleton and muscular system together because they work together so closely. So you kind of think of it as uh, when you and your significant other have a joint Facebook account and you kind of have like a mixed name. 
So muscles of other systems, in additional to skeletal muscle organs of the muscular system, the body contains other types of muscle tissue that form parts of organs and other systems of the body. So smooth muscle tissue is found in the walls of hollow organs, such as the stomach and intestine, and they help move fluid through the organs and often form valves that regulate when fluids may move from one section of a hollow organ to another. Um, The third type of muscle tissue is cardiac muscle and it's in the wall of the heart so when you think cardiac think heart and by contracting it pumps blood through the circulatory system some cardiac muscle cells in the heart generate the rhythm of the heartbeat smooth and cardiac muscle tissues are involuntary because they are regulated by subconscious mechanisms so smooth muscle is going to be in like your digestive tract it's going to be in your uh, blood vessels and like i said in chapter four This is going to aid in peristalsis. These muscles you cannot control to make you digest food faster. If you are being very stagnant and not moving around, your body's not going to digest these foods and your peristalsis is going to be very slow. So if you are getting constipated, you need to get up and move around. And these smooth muscles are going to start to contract and that is going to cause peristalsis and that's going to cause a bowel movement. Um, So cardiac muscle is also... um, involuntary you cannot tell your heart how to pump when to pump it's going to do it by itself and it's also um it's going to line the heart so this is what's going to contract your heartbeat this is going to what's keep blood flowing through your body so that you are alive okay so moving on to the next at the bottom of page 85 is the nervous system the brain spinal cord and nerves of the are the organs of the nervous system, and the brain and spinal cord make up the central nervous system, or the CNS. These two organs provide the central control of the whole entire nervous system. Give me just a second to get my book situated. Okay, the cranial nerves extend from the brain, and the spinal nerves extend from the spinal cord. The cranial and spinal nerves and all their branches make up the peripheral nervous system, or PNS, and the word peripheral means around the boundary, Um, and when you think of peripheral, you can think of your, like, peripheral, Peripheral vision, or people say peripheral vision, meaning if you're looking straight ahead, you can still kind of see things on the side that are out of boundary. You're not looking directly at them, but you can still see them if you put your hands by your ears and slowly bring them in front of you. That's your peripheral vision. So peripheral means around the boundary. This is um, the cranial and spinal nerves and all their branches. That's what makes up the PNS. So an extensive networking of uh, components in the nervous system make it possible for this complex system to perform its primary functions. And these include communication to and from body organs, integration of body functions, control of body functions, and detection of sensory stimuli. These functions are performed by signals called nerve impulses. These are everything, y'all. In general, the functions of the nervous system result in rapid activity that usually lasts for a short duration. For example, when we chew our food, Normally, walk and perform coordinated muscular movements only if our nervous system properly function. The nervous impulses permit the rapid and precise control of diverse functions. And other types of nerve impulses cause glands to secrete hormones or other fluid. So nerve impulses are important because these are going to be um, in your spinal cord. And if something ever happens... Um, you know, if you have damaged that, say a car accident, or there have been people that have jumped head down into a swimming pool and it has affected the nerves in their spinal cord, this is, depending on where the damage was, is going to depend on what is going to be, um, I don't want to say broken, but broken on you. So if these nerve impulses are disrupted, your functions will not be normal anymore. So this is how you get a paraplegic, quadriplegic, 
um, things such as that. There has been some kind of damage to these nerve impulses and they're not going to be able to do normal things. So in addition, elements of the PNS can also recognize certain stimuli such as heat, light, sound, pressure, and temperature that affect the body. So when stimulated, these sense organs generate nerve impulses that travel to the brain or spinal cord where analysis or relay occurs and if needed, appropriate action is intended. So you're going to have a stimuli, something that's going to wake it up, and then your sense organs, um, you know, you have your eyes, ears, mouth, your nose, that's going to... Um, helps send this uh, signal back to the brain or spinal cord where it can be relayed or determined uh, what the what the plan of action is. So moving on to endocrine system, I'm still on page 86. The endocrine system is composed of glands that secrete chemicals known as hormones um, directly into the blood. So sometimes called ductless glands, the organs of endocrine system perform the same general functions of the nervous system. They do communication, integration, and control. The nervous system provides rapid brief control by fast-traveling nerve impulses, and it also provides a slower but longer-lasting control by hormone secretion. So an example here is secretion of growth hormone controls the rate of development over long periods of gradual growth. Um, so sometimes it's thought of as one big system, the neuroendocrine system, because they work so closely together, just like um, skeletal and muscular. So in addition to controlling growth hormones are the main regulators of metabolism, reproduction, and other body activities. Metabolism meaning, you know, some of us are a little chubbier than others, some of us are a little thinner than others. It's going to have a lot to do with your metabolism. Um, reproduction has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to do with hormones so that we can keep the species alive. And they also play important roles in fluid and electrolyte ba uh, balance or acid-base balance. Various roles of major hormones are integrated to discuss throughout this book. So the pituitary gland, pineal gland, and hypothalamus are all located in the skull. The thyroid gland and parathyroid gland are in the neck. The thymus is in the thoracic cavity, um, specifically in the mediastinum. And the adrenal glands and pancreas are found in the abdominal cavity. Okay, moving on to cardiovascular system. This consists of the heart and closed system of vessels made up of arteries, veins, and capillaries. As the name implies, blood contained in this system is pumped around the heart and is a closed circle or circuit of vessels as it passes through the body. The cardiovascular system is sometimes called the circulatory system because it is circulating um, blood throughout your body. The primary function of the cardiovascular and circulatory system is transportation, specifically to move oxygen and carbon dioxide, nutrients, hormones, and other important substances. So waste produced by the cells and released into the bloodstream on an ongoing basis are transported by the blood to excretory uh, organs. The cardiovascular system also helps regulate body temperature by distributing heat throughout the body and assisting in re uh, retaining or releasing heat from the body by regulating blood flow near the body's surface. Okay, so moving on to lymphatic and immune systems. So the lymphatic system is composed of, lymph composed of lymphatic vessels together with other lymphatic organs, and this make up a massive of defense cells, often called lymphatic tissue. The lymphoid organs include lymph nodes, tonsils, thymus glands, and spleen. So if you remember during checkoffs, we were feeling around for these lymph nodes, um, and you can see in figure, I'm sorry, Figure 5-7 and 5-5 on page 87 and 86. So the thymus functions as an endocrine gland and as an lymphatic organ. Although it is part of the skeletal system, red bone marrow is often considered to be a lymphoid structure. Instead of containing blood, the lymphatic vessels are filled with lymph, which is a fluid that contains lymphocytes, proteins, and fatty molecules, but no red blood cells. And it's formed from the fluid around the body cells and um, diffuses into lymph vessels. So unlike blood, lymph does not circulate repeatedly throughout a closed circuit or loop of vessels. Instead, it flows um, through lymphatic vessels 
vessels and eventually enters the cardiovascular or circulatory system. It passes through large ducts, um, such as the thoracic duct, which may turn uh, connect with veins in the upper thoracic cavity. So many people or many biologists consider this to be a part of the circulatory system. They um, consider lymphatic system to be a part of the circulatory system. So the functions of the lymphatic system include movement of fluids and small particles from the tissue spaces around the cells and movement of lipids absorbed from the digestive tract back to the blood. Lymph nodes and other lymphoid structures act as small filters that trap and destroy bacterial cells, cancer cells, and other debris that are carried by lymph fluids, and it flows through the tissues. Um, as such, the organs of the lymphatic system play a role in immunity. Because of this overlap in functions, the lymphatic system and the immune system are often discussed together. Um, and then you can also see where these are located. So when they say a lymph node, uh, one of... Uh, the most common that you're going to have palpated or touched when you go to the doctor's office if you have a swollen lymph node is going to be underneath your ears kind of back a little bit in the soft part of your neck and it's not necessarily a good thing and it's not necessarily a bad thing so the, if these are swollen and you can feel that there's definitely a difference in the way that it normally is it is bad in the sense that you have an infection of some type in your body but it is good in the sense that your body has picked up on that and it knows wrong and so this is your lymph nodes coming into play they're stepping up to the plate to take care of whatever this may be so if they're swollen that means that they should be taking care of what they should be taking care of all right so we're going to move on to the immune system all of the body's defense systems together make up the immune system and it protects us from disease causing microorganisms harmful toxins transplanted tissue cells and any of our own cells that have turned malignant or cancerous the immune system also helps to react appropriately to various irritants and injuries um, it's composed of protective cells such as phagocytes, which are eating various types of defense protein molecules produced by the secretory immune cells. And some immune system cells have an ability to attack, engulf, or destroy harmful bacteria um, directly by phagotos phagocytosis. Other more numerous um, immune system cells secrete protein compounds called antibodies and complements. These substances produce chemical reactions to help protect the body from many harmful agents. Um, okay, so now I'm going to go on down to the respiratory system. The major parts of the respiratory system include the nose, um, the pharynx or the throat, larynx, which is the voice box, trachea, which is the windpipe, bronchi, and lungs. Together, all those organs facilitate the movement of air into the tiny, thin-walled sacs of the lung called the alveoli. And the alveoli's job is to exchange the air for unneeded carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide is carried to the lungs by the blood so it can be eliminated from the body. Um, and you can look at this on figure 5-8 on page 88. The organs of the respiratory system perform a number of functions in addition to preventing movement of air into the alveoli. So, for example, if you live in a cold or dry environment, incoming air can be warmed and humidified as it passes over the lining of the respiratory passages before it gets into your lungs. So, um, in addition, inhaled irritants such as pollen or dust passing through the respiratory tubes can be trapped in the sticky mucus that covers the lining of many respiratory passages and then eliminated from the body, which apparently this month has not happened with me because allergies have gotten the best of me. So I'm going to move on to digestive system. The organ of digestive systems are often separated into two groups, the primary organs and secondary organs, and they work together to ensure digestion and absorption of nutrients and elimination of waste. So the primary organs of digestion um, 
are going to be the mouth, the pharynx, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, rectum, and the anal canal. And the accessory organs of digestion may attach to those or be inside of it. And so accessory digestive organs include the teeth, salivary glands, tongue, liver, gallbladder, pancreas, and appendix. So when you think of digestive tract, you want to think of the primary organs and accessory organs. Primary meaning A to B. So that would be... Um, your alimentary canal. The digestive tract is a tube open at both ends. It's also called the alimentary canal, a part major of which is the uh, GI tract. Food enters the alimentary canal, is digested, its nutrients, nutrients are absorbed, and then undigested residue is eliminated from the body in a waste material called feces. So you're going from your mouth to your anus, top to bottom is the alimentary um, canal, and these alimentary canal, and these are going to be your primary organs. Okay, so moving on to the urinary system. The organs of the urinary system include the kidneys, ureters, urinary bladder, and urethra. And they uh, filter out or clear the blood of waste products, um, continually produced by the metabolism of nutrients in the cell body cells. The kidneys also play important in electrolyte, water, and acid, acid and base balance bot in the body. The fluid produced by the kidneys is called urine. After it's produced by the kidneys, it flows out of the kidneys through the ureters, into the urinary bladder where it's then temporarily stored and then it passes from the bladder to outside of the body through the urethra. Um, in the male urethra, um, this also serves as a passageway for semen. So not only is this uh, the male urethra a passage for urine, it is also a passage for semen. And also um, the females, uh, let's see, the female urethra is a lot shorter than the male's which means we are more susceptible to getting urinary tract infections uh, as opposed to men. So, therefore, urinary, it has urinary and reproductive purposes, the male's uh, uh, urethra does. So, other organs, in addition to the organs of the urinary system, are also involved in the elimination of body waste, undigested residues, and metabolism, metabol, metabolic Waste are eliminated from the intestinal tract of species and the lungs rid of the body of carbon dioxide. And the skin serves as an excretory function by eliminating water and some salts and sweat, which is really important, and that'll be up a little bit later. So reproductive systems. The normal function of a reproductive system is different from the normal function of others. Uh, the proper functioning of the reproductive system ensures survival. So this is important. Humans reproduce sexually to parent reproduction and therefore have two systems, the male and the female. And the individual, either the male or female, both systems have gonads. Um, your female is going to be your uh, ovaries and your male are going to be your testes. So we're going to start a male reproductive system. So male reproductive system, um, the testes produces sex cells and serve as male gonads. The testes produce sperm and the male hormone testosterone, which is very important. A lot of people that have a low level of testosterone will have to go get um, supplements for this. A tube called the vas deferens extends from each testes and leads to the urethra. It surrounds the upper urethra is the prostate, which is an excretory. Can exocrine gland, excuse me. <laughs> the penis and scrotum are external structures and together are known as genitalia. The urethra is a part of the urinary system and it passes through the penis. It carries sperm and uh, also carries uh, urine. So, functioning together, the male reproductive structures produce sperm and introduce them to the female reproductive tract where fertilization can occur. Sperm uh, produced by the testes travel through a number of ducts, including the vas deferens, to exit the body. And the prostate and other accessory organs, which add fluid and nutrients to the cell, 
um, as they pass through the ducts, are supporting structures. Uh, they facilitate transfer of sex cells into the female reproductive tract. So the vas deferens are actually what are going to be cut when you say um, you're getting snipped, when you're getting fixed. That's what they're going to do is they're going to uh, cut the vas deferens and they're going to tie them off. And an interesting fact is you can actually do a reverse um, in this, uh, when you cut the vas deferens of a man, you can actually undo that and uh, continue to be able to have children. So a female reproductive system, um, the female gonads are the ovaries. Um, this And this reproductive system includes the uterus, uterine tubes, fallopian tubes, and the vagina. Um, in the female um, term, vulva is used to describe the external genitalia. So eggs or ova are the sex cells produced by the ovaries. These are the biggest. Ovas, um, tra ova travel through the uterine tubes where they may be fertilized by sperm, and as offspring formed by the union of sperm and ova matures, it moves down the uterine tube to the uterus, where it implants and forms a connection with the mother's uh, blood vessels. After about nine months, the offspring is delivered through the cervix or neck and the uterus uh, of the uterus and through the vagina. So this will be birth. The breasts are fatty extensions of the tissue of the skin that house mammary glands, and these produce milk to nurture offspring. Um, because their role in supporting development of offspring, mammary glands are usually classified as a accessory sex organ rather uh, than as a skin gland. The reproductive organs in the female produce the ova and receive the male sperm, permit fertilization and transfer fertilize, fertilized ovum to the uterus and facilitate the development, birth, and nourishment of offspring. So I'm going to go over to um, the body as a whole. We are on page 91 and this is basically the last of the chapter. Um, as you study the detail and structure and function of the various organ systems in the chapters that follow, it's important that you focus on each system and the component of organs um, as a whole. So, and this is also going to tell you no body, no one body system functions entirely independently of other systems. They have to work together or there is none. So on page 92, there's table 5-1, and this is a breakdown of all of the body systems, the major organs, and the general functions. And if you really want a short version of it, this would be where I would go. And I'll say it because I'll say it every time. I would go through the summary at the end of the chapter. I would go over um, the review questions, critical thinking, and the chapter test, and good luck.